The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. In today's sermon, Elder John Morgan Owens takes us through the Word of God and teaches us about the eternal security of the child of God. We as Primitive Baptists believe that God chose His people in Christ before the foundation of the world and that He will not lose a single one of those that He loved from eternity past. Brother John Morgan takes us through Scripture and gives us an overview of how our salvation occurred and demonstrates from Scripture why we cannot lose that salvation. Join us today for the first half of this sermon on eternal security. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
If you'll turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, what I want to talk to you about this morning is about your eternal security, okay? We talk about that, and what we mean by that is that when you were saved by the blood of Christ, you're saved from your sins, you're saved from hell, eternal security is this idea that you're always saved, okay? Which is reassuring to me to think that when I have bad days... (laughs) And I, and I drift away from the Lord and I feel myself to, to have failed, I can remember the promises of God are sure despite my failings, right? You know, whereas that's not always the case with, with uh, God's people. There's a lot of God's people that don't have that assurance of what the gospel teaches about eternal security. And so they may feel as if sometimes they might have lost their salvation. They might have lost the efficiency of the blood of Christ, and what a bondage to be under. And so along those lines, there's, there's two major schools of doctrine. I just kind of want to throw those out to you. This is in no way to criticize either one. I hope that we're, we don't just say, well, we don't believe this. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of times people think that about primitive Baptists. They say, well, well we don't have Sunday schools. We don't have... Uh, pianos we don't have this we don't have that well, what do we have <laughs> you know let's think about the positive so first you've got this this concept that many people most of us are familiar with uh, a belief system in which it is based on your works your acceptance of christ uh your um you doing the right works and and if you commit a sin you've got to confess that sin or else if you die with unconfessed sin in your life you die and go to hell this, this concept we sort of group as the Armenian teaching, which is that uh, Jesus died on the cross for all the world and that all you have to do in order to have that blood applied to you is you go in and you accept that gift and you confess your sins and then uh, you uh, accept the gift of salvation by, by some cognizant act of your own. All right, so, so that's Armenian. And then you've got on the other side, you've got... Uh, Calvinism is what I was just going to group it as that okay that's a doctrine uh, similar to what we believe that says that before the foundation of the world God elected a people that he was going to redeem on the cross okay now those are like I said those are the two major things however (laughs) they're not they're not just opposites okay Calvinism would say that uh, that God elected you that he predestinated you, but that some, sometime in time you would have to hear the gospel, respond to the gospel, and be saved by accepting him. But you were, uh, I guess, predestined to do that. Okay, You see how it can begin to get a little confusing. Here's what we believe. This is what the Bible teaches. and I'm gonna, We're going to go through a few of these passages together. But here's what we believe. We believe that the Bible is clear that God chose a people, that he looked down, he didn't see that you would choose him, he didn't see your beauty, he saw your depravity and your brokenness, but yet he loved you. And so he saved you. He set you apart from the rest of the world, and he said, I will redeem them. And so he goes and he redeems you on the cross. And, and <laughs> you're saved not by some choice that you make in response to his his blood shed on the cross, you were saved by Jesus on the cross, period. 
apart from any choice that you ever make. Okay? Now, what's so beautiful about that is that if it's, if it's a work that saves you, let's, let's think about uh, Arminianism uh, doctrine. If it's a work that saves you by accepting the gift of Christ, there's no, there's no assurance for you <laughs> because if it's a work that got you into grace, may, a work can get you out, right? And that's a bondage that many people live under, okay? Now, as far as eternal security, most Armenian people, and I, I don't mean to be talking so much about this, I want to move on, but most people in that camp would not come out and say that they believe you can lose your salvation, okay? But, as I said, if you can do something in a work to gain your salvation, how are you ever going to be sure of it? If, if you know yourself like I know myself, <laughs> would you ever count on some decision or something that you did to save yourself from eternal hell? I certainly wouldn't. The, I was meditating on this, and, and the example that I thought of, I don't know if any of you have ever done this before. This is, this is a silly example. Most of my examples are silly. But have you ever sent an email to somebody? Maybe they gave you their email address. Uh, you wanted to send an attachment. You wanted to send something to them. And you, you put their email address in. Uh, I, I prefer to copy and paste it because I don't trust myself to put their email address in correctly, right? But you put it in just like they said, and then you send it off. And then you don't get a response. And you're thinking, did I do it right? Because there's no way to confirm whether it went through or not, right? So what you do is you sit there and you worry about it, and then eventually you just do it again. You send it again. I've done that many times. Now that is, uh, I've, I've had that feeling about my salvation before, okay? <laughs> when I felt as if I had to accept the gift of, of Jesus Christ by my action, I always wondered, did I do it right? <laughs> and so I did it again, and I did it again, hoping that eventually I would have done it right at some point. That is, that's what you get from, from that sort of camp, Okay. Now, the Calvinistic view is that you're predestined and that you will persevere in grace, okay? Meaning <laughs> that if you are a child of God, you will continue in good works. I don't know why we have to always find a way to put works into the equation. <laughs> uh, but what they would say is if you don't persevere in good works and godly living, then you're not losing your salvation. It's just an evidence that you never had salvation. Now, that's also equally uh, damaging to us, I feel like, that we don't have assurance there either, okay? How many of you have persevered in godly living? <laughs> How many of you have always done right? And not only that, they've got this concept of... of um, progressive sanctification kind of goes along with that which is that you will continue to get more and more holy in your life now that is that's not the case with me <laughs> i wish it was there have been times in my life where i've been holier than others uh, but i'm not constantly getting better okay <laughs> 
I feel like I might be constantly getting worse, as a matter of fact. And so if that was my belief system, if that was our belief system, then where is our hope? Where is our assurance? Because both of those are based on some type of works to give us assurance. Now, just as a caveat, uh, I do believe that, and we believe here, that works are important, okay? But they don't save you. You can look at your works. Uh, works can give you assurances that we call that justification by works. Uh, you know, you can see somebody's life. You can see the good things that they do, and, and you can uh, account them as a child of God because of their good works. But it does nothing. It does nothing to save you from your sins or to not save you, okay? Let's go to Ephesians 2. Now that, now that I've tried to throw everything out there, maybe we can sort of unpack it a little bit. Ephesians 2 and verse 1, what does this teach us about uh, the good news of the gospel? It says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins. So right out the gate, he's talking about taking something that is dead. He says quickened, meaning made alive. You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Okay, so we're not talking about somebody who is sick. We're not talking about somebody who's got the ability to do some work to accept. We're talking about somebody who is dead. We've used that example many times. We've got a funeral here. We've got somebody uh, there who has passed away who is dead. You, you're not going to say, you know, you're not going to try to coax that person into life by giving them a really good offer. A million dollars, ten million dollars, whatever, you know, all the, all the food that you could possibly think of. You can say, brother so-and-so, if you will get up out of that uh, casket, we will, we will make sure that Chick-fil-A stays open on Sundays. Whatever it is, well, you, you could throw the best thing you could think of out there, and it's not going to do anything because the person is dead. What that person needs is a miracle. They need life. And that's what happens, believe it or not, in your spiritual state. You are dead. You're not sick. You're not just alive and you're kind of sleepy. No, you are dead in trespasses and in sins until Jesus Christ comes to you in, in a miraculous way in the new birth and gives you life. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Okay, so we're not talking about people that get to a point where they have done enough good things that, that God gives them salvation, okay? So the Armenian... Uh, teaching of, of salvation, of acceptance, um, is, is, already, uh, is already hard to, to accept at this point, okay? And we're three verses in. We were all this way. We were all in the, in the deadness of our sin. Now, you may have been young. You may have been old when you were born again. Regardless, you may have been an infant in the womb. You may not even remember a time in which you weren't born again. 
But even so, even, even an innocent little baby, uh, apart from God, is dead in sin, okay? Because of the sin of, of, of Adam. But God, this is the gospel, okay? It's not but John Morgan. It's not, it's not you that comes in, saves the day by your good works or you persevering in good works. It is but God. God is, is the object of our worship today, okay? We're not coming here today to worship ourselves or to worship God and then give ourselves pats on the back because we have done the right thing in choosing Him. It is but God who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. When we get to heaven, the songs that we sing are going to be to him. Glory be to him. Holy, holy, holy. We're going to be singing to the Lamb of God, not to us. These, these mansions and these treasures and all these things that people think about as, as, as you're, you're storing up in heaven to be rewarded when you get to heaven. No, your reward in heaven... <laughs> is going to be to see your Savior, okay? He is. He is the object of all of our glory. Any crowns that you think you have, when you get to heaven, you're going to cast it at His feet, okay? It's going to be glory be to Him, all right? So if, you're, if, you're, uh, if your doctrine of salvation or if your doctrine uh, of, of belief or of persevering, or of eternal security, if any of that is built on you, then if you get to heaven, you ought to worship yourself, okay? Let's just be honest. But it is not the case, okay? When you get to heaven, it will be because of the blood of Jesus Christ and because His love for you overwhelmed you, okay? And it, and it, it took you out of your sin against your will. Thank the Lord. And He saved you. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace you're saved. Paul puts this parenthetical in there as a, as a restatement of what this means. He says, while we were dead, He came and He quickened us, and He said, by grace you're saved. Okay, So it's grace that we're saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace uh, of his grace in his kindness toward us through Jesus through Christ Jesus for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves that faith that's not of yourselves it is a gift of God not of works lest any man should boast. That's exactly what we were just talking about. God saved you by His grace in such a way that there leaves no room for you to boast. Okay, There's no part of the equation in which you were in it. Okay, Other than the fact that you were the beneficiary of His grace. Now, people may criticize us for this, for this doctrine of total depravity, and that it's just discouraging and telling people about how bad they are. Well, the truth is, is that properly understanding that is an assurance to me. Why is that? Because I know that, that in my natural state that Jesus Christ died for me to save me from that. 
Meaning that when I fall and I fail in life, which is inevitable, He's not going to cast me out because when He saw me and He placed His love upon me and He shed His blood for me, I was in a state of darkness and deadness. Okay? But now if you believed that Jesus loved you because of the good things that you did, then you're on shaky ground. Because what happens when you have a bad day and Satan begins to whisper those lies to you and convince you that you're no longer one of God's children, you don't have much of an assurance because you feel as if it was your good works that, that gained you God's favor to begin with. That is not the case. That's not the way it is. God loves you unconditionally, not based on your works. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. We've talked about verse 8 before. By grace are you uh, saved through faith and that not of yourselves. You know, that can, that can be confusing when you're reading through it. Is it grace or is it faith that saves you? Well, you're saved by grace. But, but the way that the Lord gives it to you is He gives you faith. Okay, now that's, we can get into that more later. And I've, we've tried to address it before. But it's by grace that you're saved from your sins. Okay. Now, notice in verse 10, he says this, For we are his workmanship. It's not about our works, it's about his works. In fact, you are his works, his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. All right, so now we're, we're beginning... We've really uh, sort of uh, excluded the Arminian uh, thinking within this verse. What about the Calvinistic thinking of that all of God's people will persevere in good works? Well, this says here that you are created uh, in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You, you, you see the difference between that we should walk in them and that we would walk in them, okay? You see, as a child of God, you, uh, you should walk in good works, okay? You should leave behind the, the sinful behavior. You should try to be more like Christ. But it doesn't say that you would, okay? It's not a guarantee that everybody will, okay? It's certainly not a guarantee that I will, okay? Because if that was the case, if I was sitting here and, and when, when you have those doubts of your salvation, if y'all ever do, and you sit there and you're trying to console yourself and to give yourself assurance again, and you're looking back over your works, I, I, I probably could convince myself that I'm not, <laughs> you know? But it's not about your works, it's about the works of your Savior, Jesus Christ, okay? He didn't say that we would. He said we should walk in good works. Let's go to Romans 11 and verse 5. It says this, talking about grace and works. Even so then at this present time also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it is no more of works, otherwise grace is no more grace. But if it be of works then it is no more grace, otherwise work is no more work. Okay, say that five times fast. But what he's saying here is that there is a, there is a, a massive di uh, difference between what grace is and what works is. Okay, 
If you have, if you have a bowl full of grace and you, and you take one kernel of works and, and drop it in that bowl of grace, what do you have? You have a bowl of works now, okay? Because grace is the exact opposite. Works is something that you do and what you're given in exchange for works is what's called wages, okay? The Bible also teaches us that the wages of sin is death. But now grace is, is being given something that you don't deserve. So by its very nature, if you do some work to deserve it, it's no longer grace, okay? So when you're saved by grace, it means, it's, it's, it means you're saved by grace. <laughs> it means that there is nothing that you have done to deserve it. It is a, a part, uh, it is an independent act of God on your behalf, okay? So if that's the case, then our eternal security is not based off of ourselves. It's not based off of something that we see in ourselves. It's not based on us uh, accepting or in us holding through. It is based on Jesus Christ. Now, the problem that I have, I don't have problems with uh, people that hold these doctrines, okay? We love people. We love God's people. I have a problem with the doctrines, okay? And why is that? Because both of those doctrines change the power and the nature of your God. Listen to me. When Jesus Christ, your Savior, when He died on that tree for you, and He shed His blood for you, and He said, it is finished, it was done. <laughs> the sin problem in your life and your salvation was accomplished. Now what happens when you've got this doctrine that you've got to do something to accept it, or might, you might could do something to lose it, what's happening is that it is cheapening the blood of Christ. It is making His, his atonement, it is, it is making you view Him as weaker than He is. Okay. Now what happens then, if we go with the, the Calvinistic perseverance and grace that that all of God's people will persevere. If they didn't persevere, they're not losing their salvation, but it's just a proof that they never had it to begin with. Well, you, you, you still have the same thing. You still have to face the fact that is, is the efficiency of the blood of Christ, is it not effective enough to save God's people? When you have somebody who shows forth fruits, and then they later in life... Uh, die in sin, for instance, they would say that person was never one of God's children. <laughs> well, if somebody shows fruits, okay, it's because there is a tree there. <laughs> There's a tree planted, okay? The gifts of God are without repentance. If you see somebody who has evidence, faith, love, patience, all these fruit of the Spirit, if you see somebody that has that, that is a child of God, okay? We don't have to sit here and wonder and call into question whether God's blood was good enough for that person because it was. Why I have a problem with it is because it is teaching God's people that their God is weak. And that is not what we believe here. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. 
but please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.